Welcome everyone to the Omarpreneur Live podcast, where I interview Muslim entrepreneurs to bring you different perspectives on entrepreneurship as well as different stories. And today I have with me Sister Javeria Arshad, and she is a coach who helps new mothers process their transition into motherhood. She helps them connect with and heal their inner child and parent with peace and presence. And a little bit about her, she possesses two degrees in psychology, including a master in counseling psychology. And she's previously worked as a registered psychotherapist with youth, adults, and parents struggling with addiction, relationship issues, anxiety, depression, and generally feeling unfulfilled. So mashallah, a very interesting guest that I have here today with me. And we're gonna talk about many topics, uh, including entrepreneurship and including a little bit of psychology as well. So alaikum, Jibri, I'm so honored and happy to have you here. Walaikum aslam. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this um, conversation. Definitely, definitely. The uh, the pleasure is all mine. And we, we start every episode uh, the same way, where we want to get to know you a little bit more. And I want you to share with us a little bit about your story getting into entrepreneurship. What is it, what is it that inspired you to go from therapist to entrepreneur? Yes. Um, so the entrepreneurial spirit, I feel, has always been within me. And uh, the first inspiration has been my dad because he's been an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember and still is. Um, and I knew that I wanted to have that flexibility and freedom as well. Um, mm. And once I became a psychotherapist, um, I knew that I wanted to uh, go into that space by having my private practice eventually. Um, and there were lots of other ideas for things I had as well that I tried to execute, but they didn't work out. Mm -hmm. um, so there was lots of like, you know, a little bit of testing different things. And then eventually it came to like, the year was 2020. Um, I, my daughter was going to be going into preschool and I was going to have more time to, uh, to myself. And uh, I had to really decide if I wanted to go back to doing um, like the jobs, working at agencies that I was used to doing before or start something on my own. Um, and then given the kind of like the climate um, and the space of psychotherapy now in the middle of a pandemic, everything had gone online virtual. Um, so that kind of really set the stage for me as well. Whereas I feel personally before in-person services were kind of considered superior to virtual. But mm -hmm. now that um, everything was going virtual, it kind of evened that out. Um, so that's where I decided that I wanted to test this out. And instead of um, doing therapy, that was going to limit me to like a um, a location, a state, uh, because of license, I wanted to do coaching, which was a little bit more expanding, and I could see clients from anywhere. Um, and that's where in 2020, I decided to take the plunge and uh, start this journey officially. Amazing, Michelle. So you decided to go on your own. What is it that motivated you or that you felt like appealed to you in regards to entrepreneurship that you didn't necessarily get within your traditional role? as a therapist? Um, so one of the biggest factor was the flexibility in time, um, mm -hmm. like having a toddler that was really important for me to make my own schedule and my own work hours, like I can take days off when I feel like it. Um, that was a big factor and also just to kind of um, 
feel that I'm pursuing like my own dream instead of in the past, it always felt like I was supporting others dreams and not necessarily doing my own dream job. Mm-hmm. I understand. So you felt like you really wanted to build something of your own. Yeah. Uh, mashallah, that's awesome. That's definitely something that I think our listeners can relate to as well. And, you know, one question that I have for you, because uh, mashallah, I saw the post that you shared recently. So you've been, uh, on, it, as an entrepreneur, you've been really working on your business for one full year now. So it was your recently your one year anniversary. So, you know, happy anniversary for that. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, I want to ask you, you know, because a lot of people, they want to get into entrepreneurship and they are interested, but there's a lot of misconceptions as well about entrepreneurship. And I want to know for you, uh, what has been maybe the biggest misconception that you found about entrepreneurship? Maybe something you thought or believed to be true, but once you became an entrepreneur, you started working on your business, you, you realized, okay, that's not exactly how they make it up to be. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the main thing that comes to my mind is around the amount of time that it takes. Um, so before when I would see like other entrepreneurs or, or even my co- my own like business coaches and other coaches on social media, I just see like a mm-hmm. glimpse of like what they share. Um, mm-hmm. But now that I experience it myself, it there's so much like behind the scenes that you don't see that you have to do. So just like so much more time um, that you have to put in like all the work, I guess, that you really don't see, like you just see kind of the end result or product. Um, So I got to experience that as well from that perspective, because when I share um, like, you know, what I'm doing with my family or friends, um, they also just see like a little glimpse of it and don't really know all the kind of like the late nights and Mm -hmm. like all the hours put into it yeah definitely there's so there's like this misconception that you know it is going to be easy it's going to be yeah but then you 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 go and you realize okay this is actually this is pretty hard work you know it takes (laughs) it does take those late nights you do you don't have that flexibility you have that advantage but you got to put in the work to make that happen as well right um definitely so you decided specifically to focus on helping new mothers with their transition into motherhood, which is an interesting niche. It's almost like a niche within a niche. Um, So I want to know, what is it specifically that drove you to work within this niche specifically? Yes. Um, So really, it came to my own personal experience. So I became a first-time mom in 2017. um, And I really didn't have a lot of support Um, in terms of like, I was living away from all my family and friends. So I had to navigate this big um, transition and stage by myself. Um, And then, although I'm, you know, somebody already in the psychology field, I do have a lot of resources, I know how to connect with if I need to see a therapist or a coach. Um, I felt myself just uh, struggling to find things that helped me to process my own experience. So I was like, you know, looking for podcasts and books and things that would helped me really make meaning of this big change that had just happened. Um, More so like focusing on the mother, because most things focus on the baby and like, you know, how to care for them and their development. And there's a lot of resources for that, but not for the mother and uh, 
the different levels of like emotional and spiritual changes that happen mm -hmm. and the shift in identity. Um, so I really felt like I didn't have that and I wanted to create that space for other mothers. Why do you think that the, you know, mothers need this? Because, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that they they do require that support system. And why is it that you think that they require something like this? Like, what is it that they're going through maybe or that they need to overcome where they need that support? And what is a situation where maybe a, a new mother listening to this could hear this and say, oh, you know, what? I'm going through this. Maybe I should reach out to Jeferia and, and see if she can help. Yeah. So I think one of the big things is um, kind of the isolation that happens. Mm -hmm. So not just during the pandemic, even before that, mm -hmm. um, because w one of the changes that I experience and so many other mothers talk about is being so connected with their family and having a network of friends and like, you know, socializing outside of the home, whereas now, um, you know, everybody has different birth experiences, but for some time you're kind of homebound and mm -hmm. you have to take care of this baby while you're healing physically yeah. and um, you're not sleeping and there's not really a lot of time to connect with your friends or talk to other people. Yeah. Um, and then that um, usually that's one way that we do process things by sharing things with our friends or family members. And that kind of decreases a lot. Um, and especially now during the pandemic, even more so because we're having a lot less um, like physical, um, like face to face social mm -hmm. connection as well. Um, yeah, so that that uh, that's a big change where we're just kind of like cut off a little bit mm -hmm. from from others and um i think also we don't um like the concept of the village to help to raise the mother and the child in our current um kind of north american culture that doesn't really exist Correct. um and we the mothers do need that um to help with that with those changes and so what do you what is it specifically that new mothers can expect when they uh, when they reach out to work with you? What is usually the process that you're gonna walk them through? Yeah, so um, it will really depend on what stage they're at and kind of what um, emotions or feelings they might be experiencing and what their needs are. Um, but it would be really about uh, helping them to con um, connect with those emotions and feelings that are coming up for them now and creating a space to process them, which means like kind of try to make more sense of them. And um, sometimes that may mean like... Um, working on communicating their needs, which also change. Um, and sometimes that can be hard to like voice your own needs to, um, you know, your loved ones um, and asking for support and uh, maybe asking for help or just communicating other type of boundaries that um, they need to set in place now, now that they're caring for another human as well. Um, so it really is like a customized thing, how we work. Um, so it may be, yeah, based on their needs um, uh, in terms of like communication or setting boundaries. And mm. then um, for we also do like inner child work, which is like a whole thing of its own. 
I want to talk about that a little bit. So what is that? What is the inner child work? I'm very curious. What does it, what does this even mean to connect with and heal our inner child, which is a terminology that you use? If you can share yeah. that with us. Yeah. Um, so inner child is a psychological concept or construct um, where it encompasses all of our childhood experiences and memories. Um, so you can think of it as a lens that we see the world through um, based on the collection of our experiences and memories. Um, and it's what we really use to form our beliefs about ourselves, about others, about our relationships and the world around us. Um, and essentially, we also refer to it as a younger version of ourself that lives inside of us. Um, and uh, that inner child or child self, when we're young, it's um, creative, intuitive, spontaneous, energetic. She knows her feelings and how to express them and knows her needs and how to express those also. However, what happens is... Um, through our interaction with the adult world and the adults around us, that inner child um, had through sometimes experiences of trauma or conditioning, the inner child starts to hide its true self in order to protect herself. Um, and that usually serves the child well in that time when they're experiencing those things. So um, that really kind of gives an idea about inner child. And then when we're doing the inner child, essentially what we're doing is to connect to that part of us. And we really um, kind of bring that alive through using um, guided Im imagery and different modalities. And we wanna connect with that part of us so we can voice um, her needs and desires so we can try to meet them now, kind of the unmet emotional needs of childhood. Um, and uh, through this process that we call it reparenting, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we connect with that part and try to begin that healing process. And, and so this, this, this whole process of connecting with your inner child and, and trying to understand you know, maybe what are some some of the emotions that they've gone through and that, that need to be addressed that way we kind of breathe deep down sometimes. And I think I can relate to that uh, because so many times we meet people and they have certain behaviors or certain characteristics um, that maybe are a consequence of maybe something that they've gone through uh, at an earlier age. How can we be more conscious of this as adults? um to, to maybe take note of when this is happening when this might be a behavior that we have that is related to maybe something that our inner child has gone through right and what are some of the steps maybe that we can take as well to heal not only to notice that but to heal yeah so when something's happening in the moment if um some people don't necessarily always have that awareness that this is related to childhood um, so if they would like to kind of really um, become more aware of that, they can kind of do an inventory of their childhood experiences um, and see what if their feeling is connected to that. Um, there, you know, and just um, 
kind of noticing how it makes them feel and mm -hmm. like they can think about their child self and what feelings come up. Um, like for myself personally, I knew I needed to do inner child work for over a decade, but I avoided it because it was so difficult um, until I couldn't avoid it anymore after the mm -hmm. birth of my daughter. Um, yeah, so like having that recognition can be a huge step just knowing that there is something um, and they can also like um, communicate with the inner child through, they can write a letter to the inner child or their child self um, and ask him or her what they may need right now. Um, especially mm -hmm. if there's some feelings that are coming up in the moment and uh, to kind of begin this like dialogue. So we almost, it's like, they're another entity so thinking of it in that way helps to understand a bit more what they may need um, mm -hmm. they can also use affirmations um, depending on what the kind of is happening there's usually a lot of things around like feeling safe um, so those come up so I might suggest affirmations that you know you're safe in this moment. I'm going to keep you safe. You're protected and loved. Um, so those are a few things that could be helpful in the moment. Mm. And and if if someone were to kind of go through this and you know apply these affirmations and and as you mentioned, really take note and understand and, and recognize um, when these maybe emotions come up, and then they go through this. What is it specifically that they can expect in terms of changes in their lives? And I, I even if I were to ask you a more personal question for you, what has being able to do this and recognize this and take those steps to heal for you? What what kind of difference has that made in your life? Yeah. And, yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so for really these um, things that you can do on your own will have an impact as well. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the biggest impact was when I did my own inner child work with another mentor. Um, mm -hmm. I had been doing it myself and that, you know, that brought on changes as well, which were that um, I was more aware of my triggers in the moment and I could connect that back to like, okay, in this moment, I'm not feeling safe. And that's why like my heart is racing and, mm. you know, I'm feeling anxious. And then I could calm myself more and just uh, kind of taking away um, where you may feel like you're in the past in that threatening situation and just trying to relax yourself, you're able mm. to do that more so. Um, and after when I did do the inner work with the mentor the I found a lot of changes in terms of uh, um, just changes in my relationships with others and mm -hmm. uh, just that certain things that would irritate me more it would be a lot less um, and I was able to recognize my own kind of emotions and feelings but also before um, like the bodily sensations before it became turned into like you know some spiraling thought was mm -hmm. able to recognize those more so um and that's also part of the reason why I wanted to do inner child work because me being a therapist um I had also done like 
hours and hours of my own personal therapy. Um, but what I found in the inner child work is that it was so much faster at getting to the core of the issues and understanding them and to begin to heal them. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, just the different techniques and modalities are faster. So that's what made me want to do this for others as well. Okay. And what has been the most rewarding part of doing this for others for you as an entrepreneur, you know, taking a skill that you have, taking something that you're good at and trying to help others overcome, you know, a certain problem or reach a certain goal, a goal. What has that, um, what, ha what has that essentially been like for you to be able to pass that on and work with other clients and build a business around that? Yeah, I think it just has been really, really rewarding for me um, and goes back to kind of one of my core intentions to um, if I can help in in any way, even in, in a little bit way to kind of um, change someone's like how they're feeling or their kind of like energy to increase that um it, it's really rewarding. And that's how I feel when I do work with my clients. They, um, I mean, I've always gotten, alhamdulillah, positive feedback, where they've been able to connect to a deeper part of themselves. And uh, a lot of the times the things are surprising that come up or the connections that they do make and the insights they have. Um, and that's just so wonderful to hear. And uh, also for me, um, it's really important for them to know that they're not alone in the mm. experiences they've had because um, a lot of the time, um, the women that I work with that have gone <laughs> through trauma, I may be the first person that they're sharing this with. Mm. Um, so it's uh, really nice to be able to hold that space for them and uh, just be with them in those like raw emotions. Yeah. And is, do you feel like it kind of puts a strain on on you, though, or do you feel like it actually energizes you when you're going through that with your clients and you're, you know, going through that process of helping them heal something that might be a little bit painful or maybe a little bit traumatic as well? Yeah. So overall, I would say it definitely energizes me um, because the end is kind of where they do feel uplifted, mm. even though we are like sitting in these heavy emotions and mm. at the same time um, because I've been in the field for some time um, and I'm aware of like my own reactions and my own work I've built a lot of practices to know um, what I need to do to take care of myself like definitely trauma work is not easy and um, it's not for everybody and you do have to do the things to take care of you as well um, so that it doesn't have that um, take a toll on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, now you're you're uh, mashallah, you're you're in a place where you you've been doing this uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast for for a year, and you've started this coaching business, and you've helped others, uh, you know, overcome you know some of these traumatic experiences, or maybe even heal their inner child, as you mentioned, or even helping new mothers with their transition into motherhood, all of those things, which are amazing, mashallah. And when you think about it, being able to do this, um, you know, it makes such a difference in these people's lives that you work with, and you have a direct impact on that, which is amazing. Now, what advice would you give to other Muslims who are listening to this, uh, and maybe even specifically Muslimas who are thinking about starting their own journeys as coaches, 
within their own fields, within you know something that they specialize in. Is there any advice that you would give them as a coach now that's been doing this for a year? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. my biggest advice would be just to take action. So stop thinking about it and planning and uh, you know having a checklist of things you need to do before you just do it. Um, so yeah. take action because um, as I a little bit touched on, um, there were lots of different things I wanted to do before, but they wouldn't work out. And uh, this has been one thing that has been different about this business, which is the I just took the actions even when I necessarily didn't feel 100% prepared. Um, and I yeah. guess the second part is to hire a coach to help you if you can. Yeah. <laughs> that, though, that did help me a lot with my mindset as well. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, mentorship is important. I think every coach needs a coach, right? Um, Every good coach needs a coach as well. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that, Javeria. I have one uh, question that I ask every single guest that joins us on this podcast. Um, And I'd love to ask you the same question as well, see what kind of answer you're going to give me based on what you do. So that's going to be really cool. Um, But if you could meet Javeria from a little bit over a year ago when she was just thinking of starting her business, she hadn't started yet. She was about to embark on this journey. You could tell her one thing and that she could hold on to as like a mantra. What would that one thing be for you? Keep going. Mm-hmm. I love that. Simple and straightforward. Why do you say yeah. that? Why did that come to mind first? Um, that came to mind first because um, I would have a tendency of like trying things and then stopping when I don't get the results. Um, but in this situation in this year, I didn't let that be a setback. I just kept going even when I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be the, I guess, my mantra going on as well as like I have bigger goals and things like that to just keep going even when maybe the outcomes aren't happening. Yeah, I love that, Michelle. And I think that's so important because a lot of people, especially in their first year, I think the first year of entrepreneurship uh, is when most people give up. It's they, they get started, they get super excited. They have this amazing idea. They want to help so many people. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they get, they have that motivation. And then as soon as they get to work and they realize, Oh wait, this is, this is, this is work after this is going to take a while. This, you're not, you're not, you don't become an overnight millionaire. Oh, this is not what I thought. And then they're like, you know, that's when people start to give up. So I think that's some really valuable advice uh, that everyone can benefit from because uh, the journey does take time, but it is definitely rewarding along the way. And hearing you as well share that you feel energized when you work with your clients. I mean, that in itself is a reward uh, for the work that you do. Right. Yeah. So we're going to dive into some uh, audience questions. We, ha- we got a few questions from the audience as well. Um, that I'd love to tap into with you. Um, so one of the questions here is, is there a possible way to have childhood trauma not be addressed and bury it deep down without reliving it? So I think the question here, yeah, is it possible to have childhood trauma not be addressed, leave it undressed, uh, leave, leave it unaddressed, sorry, <laughs> not undressed, and bury it without reliving it? So can you move on without necessarily addressing your trauma? Yeah. Um so I'm not sure exactly what they mean by reliving it. I don't mm. think that is necessary that um, you're like reenacting what happened. Mm. But I think some of the um, 
things can be so like deeply embedded that we may do some of the patterns that we learned. So I, in my experience, it would be pretty um, challenging, I would say, if you're not really addressing it to keep on um, going in a way without, uh, without an impact of it. But that's kind of what happens when you, you're not aware of like, if you don't make the connections, mm. I hope that makes sense. If you're not making the connection, then yeah, you'll just be going on as if it doesn't impact you. Okay. Um, but I think it's really difficult for to not let it because a lot of the times it may be at the subconscious level, not at the conscious level. And in doing the inner child work, we do tap into the subconscious and um, that's kind of where the inner child lives, so to speak. Um, so we do bring those things up. Um, like that's also sometimes clients may go back to something that, you know, they didn't remember or it was not um, a significant thing, but then it turns out it is. Right. Is that so a lot of people think that it's not a problem and they think, you know what, it's, I, it's fine. I don't have to address it. It's cool. I'm over it. I'm an adult now, but it might be showing up in ways that they don't realize. Yes. Yeah. I think it's possible to not get triggered by that thing or uh, whatever the thing is, because you can manage the triggers. Like mm -hmm. that's what we, um, what, that's what we do as humans. We learn to cope and, uh, um, you know, work some really good coping strategies to deal with things. And that's what we do as children, but they may not necessarily be healthy now, like mm -hmm. things that were, um, you know, worked as a child or when you were experiencing the traumatic thing may not be serving you well now. Okay, got it. Definitely. So definitely something to keep in mind, guys. Don't don't ignore it. If you if you think you you've been through something and you haven't really taken the time to address it, reach out to Javeria. See what you can do to make to make that happen. Uh, maybe there's a few ways that it's showing up that you're not realizing. Uh, we got a few more questions here from our audience. One is uh, the following here. Uh, this is a cool question. So I want to know what sort of impact um, is Javeria looking to make when she's dealing with someone who needs consultation. So that's an interesting question here. What impact are you looking to make? Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I'd really like them to um, develop a greater sense of awareness of their emotions and feelings and really mm -hmm. for the things that are coming up now for them in their life presently. Um, and most of the time we don't realize that they may be connected to things in the past. So that's one of my um, kind of biggest things that I want to impact them on to understand um, how the current like unwanted feelings or emotions could be related to the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we got one more as well uh, from the audience that we'll take inshallah. And this one is, let me just hide this one here that we have. I wanted to know, um, is there a different approach to market yourself as a counseling psychologist since the niche evolves around, revolves around emotions, uh, which is pretty sensitive. So, uh, this question I, I think is about marketing, marketing yourself as a coach within the psychotherapy field. What has been your approach so far for doing that? Yeah. Um, 
I feel like it's not that different than, I mean, how I see others marketing um, themselves. It's kind of like, you know, similar, the whole like, <laughs> like no trust, <laughs> all those yeah. of like factors um, where I felt, um, yeah, like people do need to like know who you are and like what you're about. Um, I do share like a little bit of my story about um, related to motherhood and things like that. I don't really like go into that stuff deeply. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's that's part of my marketing and also sharing like other educational things. Um, so it is really like where you you are the brand and um, mm. Yeah. You're building up a personal brand online. You're sharing with people. Also, you're coming coming from a place of I'm a mother myself. Mm-hmm. I under you know so I to to kind of share that understanding and, and you know share that relatability with your audience as well. Yes, love it, mashallah. So, um, where can people if they want to if they if they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about what you're doing. Maybe they even want to work with you. How can people go and connect with you? Um, you know, follow you, support you through the work that you're doing. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, consciously Javeria. Um, you can send me a message there if you'd like to. You're interested in working with me, and you can also check out what my website um, javeriaarsha.com. Um, and you, there's a form you can fill if you would like um, to set up a discovery call with me. Awesome. Awesome. So go ahead and check that out, guys. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Uh, she always shares amazing content. Uh, we follow her as well. And uh, go and check out the website as well, javeriaarshad.com. We're going to put the link in the description or episode notes. So go and look out for that there, um, inshallah. So Javeria, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this uh, podcast today. I really enjoyed speaking to you and learning more about what it is that you do. Thank you so much. It was um, fun for me as well to yeah share about this and speak with you. Definitely. I, I'm really grateful for you uh, to be with us today. So Jazakallah khair. And guys, uh, you know the drill um, with this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, if you listen to this podcast uh, and you enjoy it, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And as well, uh, if you want to uh, get help when you're starting your own business, right? You're not sure what it is you need to do. Maybe you want to take your business to the next level and you need some support there. Uh, you can book a call with us for free. The link is omarpreneur.com slash call. So go to omarpreneur.com slash call. We'll speak to you to understand what your goals are and how we can help you, inshallah, on the call is completely free. Jazakallah khair for listening, guys. We'll see you next week with another guest, another episode. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Alhamdulillah wa barakatuh.